Chapter 23 Ben was the first one to wake, before his alarm, and he managed to get out of the room without waking the twins. He grabbed his workout clothes on the way and made his way to the basement to get his day started. He pushed himself hard and was careful of his injured calf, which seemed a little better every day. He used the guest bathroom to shower and slipped into his room to get his clothes. After he dressed, he heard noises from the kitchen, so he slipped back out of the bedroom and went to investigate. Tina looked up from the stove and smiled at him when he entered the kitchen. Christopher stood up in his playpen and raised his arms to have picked up, so Ben scooped him into his arms before moving over to give Tina a kiss. Good morning, he said. Good morning, Ben. How many eggs would you like? She replied with twinkling eyes. Two, please, he smiled back. He sat at the kitchen table and played with the boy who giggled with his antics. Soon, Tina brought their plates over to the table and picked up her son from his arms. He went back into the playpen and immediately went for the activity centre. Happy dings, chirps and clicks soon followed. Tina sat next to Ben and looked at him expectedly. Thanks for a lovely breakfast, he said, ignoring her real question. She pouted and he gave in with a grin. The evening went well. Lisa showed up shortly after Laurie and I got out of the hot tub and she was more than a little upset with her sister. We heard Laurie screaming, Tina said with a wicked smile, and Ben froze. Who's we? he croaked. Trish opened the door for me, and we heard it then. Trish's eyes were so big. Tina smiled at the memory. Mrs. King was arriving home with her son, and they were standing by their car, and heard it as well. She looked over at us, and laughed, but her son seemed upset. Ben put his head in his hands, mortified. That's the last time I have sex in the hot tub, he moaned. I hope not. I would like to try one day, Tina said with an upset look. Good morning, Tina, Ben, Laurie said from the doorway as she hobbled into the room. Good morning, Laurie, Ben said with an embarrassed glance. Tina was amazed that he could tell the difference between the sisters so quickly. She had trouble doing it at all. Good morning, Laurie. Would you like some breakfast? No, thank you. Just coffee if you've made some, she said, and Tina pointed to the freshly brewed pot. Laurie joined them at the table with her mug of coffee and tenderly sat on a chair. Ben looked concerned, but Laurie just waved it off. It was worth it, Ben. I'm afraid our activities in the hot tub weren't only heard by Lisa, he said to the young woman, whose only response was to look up with an interested expression. Trish, Tina, Rochelle, and her son Jaden also heard us. You. The only one in that group that causes me any discomfort is Jaden. The kid seriously thinks he's charming, but comes across as a total skis, Laurie grimaced. At Ben's blank look, Laurie explained, a slimy little player. He's tried hitting on me, then Lisa, then suggested the both of us could party with him. He looks at women like they're already naked. Ugh! Ben looked sad. Rochelle mentioned her son was emulating his father's behavior. He shook his head, then looked up at Laurie. Is your sister awake? Laurie grimaced. Yeah, but she's giving herself a little extra time, as she's pretty sore this morning. Ben frowned and got up from the table. 
He went to the bedroom and saw Lisa sitting on the edge of the bed. He knelt down in front of her and saw she was breathing heavily. Are you okay? She opened her eyes and took in his concerned expression. Morning, Ben. I'm okay. Just some cramping and bruises. They'll go away. Ben got angry with himself for hurting her, and she saw it on his face. No, please, Ben. I wouldn't change a second of our night last night. It was everything I dreamed of. More than I dreamed it would be. I, I learned things about myself. I feel better about myself. More complete. Please don't regret something so special to me. Please don't regret something so special to me. Please, she begged. Ben wanted to apologize, to beg her for forgiveness, but he knew she would take that as a rejection of what they'd experienced together the night before. So instead, he put his hands on her head and kissed her hard. She moaned and clung to him. He pulled back and his face showed his emotional turmoil. Finally, he gave her a small smile and nodded. He grabbed his dressing gown and draped it over her shoulders. Then he scooped her up and carried her back to the kitchen and gently set her on a chair. Laurie got her a mug of coffee and they sat in companionable silence for a while. He looked at the clock and realized he had to leave for his doctor's appointment, so he gave each woman a kiss and headed out. Ben sat in the comfortable chair across from Dr. Granger and contemplated integrity. She had asked him where he thought his difficulty with lying came from. There were people in my childhood who lied to me. Foster parents who said they'd take good care of me but didn't. Other foster kids who said they were my friends but weren't. Girls and women who said they loved me but didn't. I promised myself I wouldn't be like them. I promised myself I'd be someone others could depend upon. He paused and thought of his activities with the twins the previous night. Was he lying to them? Were you successful? Are you that person? Granger asked. I thought I was, but after last night I'm not sure, Ben said. What happened last night? she asked. I pretended I was someone I'm not, Ben said quietly. Can you expand upon that? she pressed gently. Ben sighed and squirmed a little in his chair. He had hoped to avoid speaking about sex with the counsellor, but he saw no other choice. In my neighbourhood, there are two young women, twins, who are 22 or 23. They've been wooing me. No, it's not romantic. They've been trying to get me to have sex with them. Their mother and I have been trying to teach them to be less selfish, to take responsibility for their actions. During this effort, one of the twins had an epiphany and came around. The other one had more difficulty, as she was used to getting her way and didn't want to give that up. As a last resort, I used sex as a bargaining tool to get them to change their ways. The problem is, they're attracted to the dominant persona. I use for Tina, the submissive who lives with me. You have a separate and distinct persona for dealing with different people, the doctor asked. Well, no, I guess persona is the wrong term. It's, it's more that for Tina, I know that she needs me to be more dominant, so I allow myself to be more dominant. The twins saw that a short time ago and found it. Peeling, a thing, is they needed a more extreme form of that dominance. The sex was a little rough. This morning, I wanted to apologize, but they were so happy they would have taken an apology as a rejection of the evening before. 
you've described two situations where someone needed you to behave in a way you say is out of character for you, but you did. Were you uncomfortable and awkward during the behavior? Did you have to struggle to maintain the behavior? Did you have to struggle to maintain the behavior? She asked. Ben thought about his interactions with Tina and found no discomfort at all, but then Tina was a very mature and level-headed young woman with minimal drama. He examined his memories of the prior night and the morning after with the twins. To his surprise, found that the only time he experienced emotional discomfort was when he saw Lisa was in pain. Are you perhaps discovering the behavior wasn't actually uncomfortable at all? Dr. Granger asked gently, then looked at her with surprise. Then, you've described to me your need to protect, nurture, and support. Dominance is part of that. Have you interacted with more dominant personalities? Did that feel uncomfortable? I'm not sure if I've encountered a truly dominant personality yet. I know some very strong women, and I count them as my best friends. I certainly don't try to impose my will on them or their lives. I'm just delighted and grateful they share their lives with me, he said frankly. It sounds like your impression of the person you are may not line up with who you actually are. You didn't believe you were dominant, but clearly you can be if the need arises. This is an excellent exercise in self-discovery, a very positive step. So last night, you weren't actually pretending at all. Your integrity is safe. Ben's eyebrows rose. As that idea sunk in, he felt better and smiled at the doctor. She smiled and glanced at the wall clock. Our time is almost up, and this is an excellent place to stop for today. I'd like to see you same time next week. That's Friday, May 22, at Tenham. We'll talk some more about those people who failed to keep those promises to you. All right. See you then. Ben left the office, feeling a little better about himself, which, he thought, was the point of speaking to the doctor in the first place. It felt like progress. He stopped by Hannah's office and gave her a big hug. What was that for? She gasped, straightening her jacket. Just another thank you for connecting me with Dr. Granger, he grinned. I wish all my referrals were this happy, she grinned back. Now scoot, I have boring work to do. Ben headed home, and as he was passing Rochelle's place, he saw her car in the driveway. He thought he might pop in and apologize for the noise he made the night before. He knocked on the door, and Jaden answered. Ben didn't have too many opportunities to speak with the boy. Good morning, Jaden. Is your mother home? What's it to you? It's not bad enough, you sticking your dick in all the bitches on this street. You have to come sniffing around after my mom, too. Jaden snarled. Ben stopped and looked closely at the young man. He was really pissed, bristling with anger and jealousy maybe, perhaps seconds away from physical violence. He'd try to defuse this. I don't know of any bitches living on our street. Your mother happens to be a friend of mine, Ben said calmly. After everything my mom has been through, I am not going to let you hurt her by adding her to your conquest list. Fuck off, the boy said, right up in Ben's face. Ben took a calming breath, but kept his eyes locked on Jaden's. He didn't see Rochelle rushing down the hall toward them. If you want to protect your mother from being hurt, 
Perhaps you should stop emulating the misogynistic behaviour of the man who hurt her most. That struck home, and the boy rocked back. Jaden idolised his father, but loved his mother. There was already a conflict he'd buried to protect his image of his father. His jaw dropped and rage filled his eyes. Screaming, he launched himself at Ben. His first punch caught Ben on the side of his jaw. He deflected the second and caught Jaden's wrist on the third to pull him off his feet and twist him around. Ben pulled Jaden back against his chest, grabbing his other wrist and wrapped his arms around him, pinning him to his chest. Ben took them both to their knees so the raging man couldn't kick him. Jaden screamed his frustration and slammed his head back, but Ben had him pinned too low to strike anything painful. Jaden, stop it, Rochelle screamed. The young man opened his eyes and saw his mother looking down at him in disappointment. The same look she gave her husband every time she caught him cheating. He closed his eyes tight and thrashed in Ben's arms weakly. Stop hurting your mother, Ben growled quietly. Fuck you, he spat. Jaden, apologize to Ben, his mother yelled. I'm not apologizing to him. He's just trying to get you in his bed, Jaden screamed. I've already been in his bed, Rochelle growled. Jaden froze, staring at his mother. The difference is Ben likes me. He respects me. He's my friend. Ben won't take someone to bed. He doesn't feel that way about, and he certainly doesn't ignore them once he's bedded them. He's not trying to score. He's making a personal connection with another human being. That's what makes Ben a personal makes Ben a better man than your father ever was. I loved Devon with everything I had, but he tossed that aside for a quick fuck with a stranger. How do you think that made me feel? What do you think that does to a person's self? If teen, how do you think that does to a person's self? If teen, how do you think the girls you fucking throw aside feel? Do you even care? You want to be as good a man as your father? You're aiming too low. Be a better man, she spun, and entered her house, slamming the door behind her. Jaden wasn't struggling anymore. He'd lost all of his steam. Ben released him and stood up. He held his hand out to help him to his feet, but Jaden turned his face away. Ben walked back to his truck and went home. He'd talk with Rochelle later. When Ben got home, Tina rushed to the door to greet him and screeched to a halt when she saw the bruise on his jaw. What happened? she squeaked. Laurie came to the door of the kitchen and saw the bruise as well. Were you in a fight? Lisa's voice from the kitchen called out. What's happening? Ben hung up his coat and kicked off his boots. He walked into the kitchen with Tina and Laurie in tow, and Lisa gasped when she saw his face. Who did that? she gasped. Jaden King. Jaden, three voices repeated. He took exception to my visiting his mother this morning. He accused me of basically being what he is, and when I told him to stop acting like his father, pow, right to the jaw, could someone get me the ice pack from the freezer? Tina raced over to the fridge and located the ice pack. She rushed it over to him. Thanks, he said gingerly, placing the icy bag against his jaw. Did you hit him back? Lisa asked. No. I just pinned his arms. His mother lit into him about how his behavior with women hurts her and how his father hurt her and how his father hurt her 
the same way, and that pretty much deflated the boy. He deserves a beating for the way he's treated women, Lisa insisted. Maybe so, but I don't want that riding on my conscience. The boy loved his father, but he had a poor role model. If he can accept that maybe he can turn himself around, as his mother said, be a better man. Go, Mrs. King, Laurie smiled. Ben tried to smile, but winced instead. Tina leaned in to whisper to Ben. I will take a rain check for tonight's date. I want us to just relax at home. Thank you, Tina, he whispered back gratefully. Okay, they're whispering to each other. That's our cue to go home. Thank you for a lovely evening, Ben. Hopefully we can do it again soon. Laurie smiled. She helped her sister to her feet. Ben, where did we leave my bikini? Damn, our suits are probably still out on the deck, Ben said attempting to stand. Tina put a hand on his chest to keep him in his seat, then went outside to get the suits. Seconds later, she was back. They are still wet and very cold. I will put yours into a bag to carry home, Laurie, Tina said when she returned. Was that all you were wearing when came over? Ben asked. Yes, that and my robe, Laurie said as she opened the robe and flashed Ben a glimpse of her naked body. Hey, no fair. I'm totally dressed, Lisa whined as she stood next to her sister. No teasing, Ben growled, and Laurie quickly tied her robe closed. It's almost spring, and I had my long winter coat on, and my boots, so I was warm enough. Laurie said contritely. Ben stood up and walked to the front door. They put their coats on and turned to face Ben. Will we be able to do this again? Lisa asked timidly looking up at Ben from under her brows. Laurie was biting her lower lip nervously, thinking she may have damaged things with her flashing. Ben gave them both an evaluating look. We're on probation as well. I'll be watching and keeping in contact with Daphne to make sure you haven't slipped back into old habits. When I'm comfortable that you've taken the message to heart, we'll play again. Understood? Both ladies nodded. As Lisa was the most dominant of the twins, Ben reached out and pulled Laurie to him first. He kissed the woman passionately, with a hand gripping the back of her neck and the other squeezing her ass. When he pulled back, Laurie was swooning and glassy-eyed. Ben immediately grabbed Lisa and pushed her up against the wall. He took his kiss and pressed himself against her. She was still aching from the night before so her pleasure was mixed with little sparks of pain, and her mind spun. Ben pulled back before she'd completely abandoned herself to the sensations, so she moaned with need when they were gone. That's just a taste of what your reward will be if you hold true to being the responsible young women I know you can be, Ben growled and ushered the dazed twins out the door. He watched them lean on each other as they wobbled their way home. He quickly walked into the kitchen, and called Daphne. Hello, she answered. Hi, it's Ben. The twins are on their way home, so I'll make this quick. They acknowledged their responsibility, so we are good to go with the daycare. They're on probation, so keep an eye on them to make sure they don't slip back to their old ways. You just need to watch them, let them know you are. Watching them, and let me know if they misbehave. I think they've learned, but they still need watching. Hello, he heard crying. Daphne, are you okay? Oh, 
Ben, thank you. The last few days have been so hard, she cried into the phone. I know Daphne and I want you to know I'm really proud of you for toughing it out. I know it wasn't easy for you. You've been a real trooper. Thank you. Ben listened and heard more crying. Seriously, are you okay? I'm so happy. I haven't felt this good about myself in a very long time, she said, after she composed herself. Well, you certainly have reason to feel good about yourself. You did good. Take care, and I'll talk with you soon. Ben hung up. He looked over at Tina, who was looking a little lost by the entrance to the kitchen. What's wrong, Tina? he asked. The way you kissed Lisa and Laurie. I want that too, she murmured with a tremble. Ben stalked over to Tina, whose eyes began to get wider as he closed on her. He lifted her up against his chest with hand on her ass and slid the other into her long black locks to get a grip. She gasped and he kissed her hard while he rubbed his groin against hers. She moaned when she felt the bulge of his hard cock pressing against her mound. God, she wanted him bad. She opened her eyes and discovered Ben had carried her into the bedroom. He set her down on her feet and roughly pulled off her yoga pants and panties. His pants and underwear came off in a flash, and he slathered lubricant on his stiff erection. Then he rubbed the excess directly over the wet lips of her pussy, and pushed two fingers inside to spread the slick liquid there as well. Tina yelped as the roughness of his need was making her so fucking hot. Ben laid her back the edge of the bed and pushed her legs back. Guide it in, he said, his voice rumbling with lust. Tina looked down as she reached between her legs and got a grip on his cock. She lined it up, and Ben pressed forward. The head slipped in with a pop and Tina flopped back on the bed with a sigh. He started with short little thrusts, gradually increasing the depth of each stroke. Tina was very excited, so he was able to bottom out much sooner than last time. He held himself still, buried to the base, and just rubbed his pelvis against Tina's. Once she relaxed, he pulled out to the head, then slammed himself back in. Tina squeaked and bit her lip with her eyes closed. Ben drew out and thrust back in. His need was almost frantic, and Tina was a more than willing vessel. She pulled at him and raised her hips to meet each downstroke, their bodies slapped together wetly. Tina was swept away by Ben's passion and reached her orgasm quickly. Her mouth opened, but no sound issued as she shook. Ben continued to pound into her, each impact building on Tina's rolling wave of pleasure. Ben suddenly sped up, and five thrusts later, he exploded into her depths as he moaned with the bliss of his release. He let her legs go, and dropped down over her to rest on his elbows, firmly pinning her to the bed, and still deep inside. He dropped his head next to hers as Tina twitched and trembled. That was exactly what I needed, she whispered. Me too, he whispered back. He slipped free from the woman and flopped down on the bed beside her. A minute later, she rose and slipped into the washroom with her clothes. Ben rested on the bed with his eyes closed. He heard the toilet flush, then running water. Moments later, a warm facecloth was cleaning his cock and balls. The soothing sensation sent a tingle through him, but he pushed it aside. Ben opened his eyes and caught Tina's hand. 
she sat on the edge of the bed next to him, looking down at his face with a smile. What you said about wanting what I gave Lisa and Laurie, have I been a poor dom for you? he asked. No, Ben, you have been perfect. I am very happy you were with my friends, as it seems to have helped you become more comfortable with your dominant side. I knew it was there. You are an excellent dom, and this will only make you better, she assured him. He pulled her down over his chest and held her face over his as he kissed her lips sensuously. He pulled her back, and she looked at him dreamily. I will do my best for you, he said. His stomach growled, and she grinned at him. Now go make me a sandwich, he playfully growled. See, I told you that you were getting better at it, she giggled as she pushed off his chest and hustled down the hall to the kitchen. Ben watched her go and began to worry about how attached he was becoming to the young woman. He still believed their age difference would become an issue and that in the long run she should be with someone closer to her own age. He recalled what Gabriella said about Tina potentially meeting someone at university and his needing to be ready to let her go. Intellectually, he was prepared, but emotionally, he was starting to wonder how he would handle losing her.